All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, January 15th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. Clayton, it was a four-day weekend, so we are going to go over a big four-day weekend. Two huge releases at the box office, so an exciting exciting weekend. So why don't we get to a plow for the holiday, the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend of Friday, January 12th? All right. Number one, Mean Girls had a three-day of $28 million and a four-day of $32 million. It is its first weekend of release. Number two, The Beekeeper had a three-day of $16.8 million and a four-day of $19.2 million, also a debut. Number three, Wonka made $8.3 in its three-day, down 40%. And its four-day was $10.8 million. It's at $178.6 million in its fifth weekend. Number four, Migration had a three-day of $6.19 million on 38%. It had a four-day of 8.3. Its total after four weeks is $87.8 million. And it just keeps on rolling. Anyone but you had a... Had a Oh, three day of $6.9 million down only 29%. It had a four day of 8.2 and it's at $56.4 million in its fourth weekend. Part of that was me. I went and saw this movie, Pat. Wow. So, I mean, let's, let's start there. You know, this is the big phenomenon right now. Anyone but you talking is this something about mary-esque and you went to see it so we're not critics huh huh but as box office observers you know it is important for us to see these films and to to be there and feel what the crowds are seeing so do you get it having seen anyone but you do you get why this movie is becoming something of a phenomenon, holding so well, bringing back the rom-com. Do you get it, Clayton? Sort of. Okay. I think this is doing really well with young people because this is like something, not new to them, but it's almost like, oh, I was watching all the these crappy versions of this on Netflix, and now here's a real one in theaters. This is nothing that we haven't seen before, Pat. N- nothing we haven't seen before. No, okay, nothing we haven't seen before. But okay, it's but we've seen new... it all. Me and you have seen it all. Yeah, it's with some new faces, right? Okay. New-ish faces. Glenn Powell, um, your Sydney Sweeney. The fact that they're on the big screen, they're doing their thing. I get it in that sense. I get that Sydney Sweeney has such a fan base from Euphoria and the various things that she's done. I mean, also White Lotus. We we sleep on White Lotus, but she was in White Lotus season one, which was huge. Yep. So I do think that there is so much love for Sydney Sweeney out there. And I'll tell you what, not a critic, huh? Uh, not I, listen. I, I'm a member of SAG and Bad Standing, but I will admit, I'm I'm a terrible actor. Okay. I'm okay. Ter- Okay. I'm terrible. I was terrible and I still am terrible. See, I, I've I'm not in SAG. I have uh-huh. done some acting in my time. I feel like I'm a very good actor. So it's interesting to to see that you, someone who has been paid, you know, I, I honestly have never really been paid as an actor, but yeah. you've been paid as an actor. You've been on a Martin Scorsese set, and you think you're not good. Well, here's the thing. Whereas well, I think I'm I, pretty good. I often will well, watch a movie and think, yeah. Well, famously, uh, I, we've had this conversation. I don't know if this has been on air, but um, after The Whale, after we watched The Whale. Yes, yes. You said you could do that performance better than Brendan Fraser, and I agree with you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent I could do that performance better. Would you have it, gotten the Oscar? Probably not because politics. Well, because I wouldn't have the comeback story. Yeah, there's you know? no story. It's yeah, like, yeah. It would be here's, like, here's a fresh new face who just knocked it out of the park, but usually that's not who wins the Oscar. Well, I think you'd be at a sort of disadvantage because you'd be a podcaster turned actor, which is right. Uh, right. No one's going to be rooting for you. Okay. No one's going to be rooting for me. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, here's what I, this is all coming to. 
Mm-hmm. I think Sydney Sweeney is a movie star. Uh, okay. I don't think she's an actor in the sense of like, you know, there, you know, your Robert Dame De Judy Dench, your Dame Judy Dench's, your um, Dame uh, Helen Mirren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- not in her toolbox, but yeah. Lawrence Olivier. Lawrence Olivier. You wouldn't say Sydney Sweeney is a new Lawrence Olivier. I do think though that she has that thing that Julia mm. Roberts has, right? That you want to watch this person. Now, is there a deep well of uh, like acting talent there? Probably not, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when you're a star, mm. right? And okay. so I see that for sure. And that's going to sound like a knock, but it's not a knock because we have too many actors. We don't right. have enough stars. Everybody from Britain can act. Everybody from New Zealand can act. Everybody right. from Australia can act. Americans sort of can't act, but they're also not stars. And we need American stars. There was an t- American star. There was a long period where Americans couldn't act. But we could be stars. Yes. You know, we could put out a Mr. T because mm-hmm. we were able to put out stars, not actors, yes. but stars. Yes. And obviously, we're not going to put out actors the way uh, England does, the way Australia no. does. But we were always able to put out a Steven Seagal. Yes. You know. Yeah. A, a Bo Derek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So we've lost in that, that. In that sense, I get it. Now. I can't tell you what the audience reaction was other than um, me and the person I was with because we were the only people in the theater, but it was a 10 a.m. showing on a Friday. So not necessarily the time that a lot of people are going to go see this movie. Right. But when we're talking something about Mary, there's no show-stopping gel in the hair. Okay. Gel in the hair. There's none of that. There's not even a naked fight. Like no hard feelings. There's nothing like that. There's no sort of, oh, this is the scene. This is the scene. Right. It's just beautiful people, including the leads and the parents and the other love interests, except for the love interest for Sydney Sweeney, who is really a D level sort of actor. I don't know where they found this kid, but really got blown off the screen by everybody else. Um, otherwise, fun it's it's a fun little thing that you can go and you can you know enjoy the scenery enjoy the beautiful people it was funny in places uh it was sweet in places i i how raunchy was it because i've gotten not not raunchy not raunchy okay no i mean it's sexy i mean there's this isn't a tomcats level raunchiness this isn't a road trip to straight to video level of raunchiness I, i I would I wonder mm-hmm. if there is ever going to be a time when we will see a Tom Katz again in the theater. Yeah. Not in the I theater. Probably not in the theater. Yeah. Not in the theater. I I can't see that level of raunch uh, yeah, yeah. of being allowed in a theater. Yeah. A level legally. of raunch where you have to get Bill Maher to act in your film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That level of raunch may never come and, again. And, and and be the least sleazy element of right. it. Right. right? Right. That's really hard to pull off. Right. Now, I will tell you, talking about something about Mary, Pat, do you have any plans to see this movie? Anyone but you? I, I do. At this point, I will say it most likely will not be in theaters because okay. at this point, you have seen it. You saw it with another friend who's another frequent movie going companion of mine. My mm-hmm. wife has no interest in seeing this film. No interest. And, and and I Shocking. don't no interest no interest and I don't think I will see this by myself. Okay. Um. I I'm I'm saving I'm saving the go by myself movie the next couple of weeks as I will probably go see all of us strangers by myself. I've already marked off that as the film I I will see by myself. But okay. Anyone but you? I don't think I'm going to see in the theaters. I know it's on PVOD now. Or I think maybe next week. It's it's on very soon. No, so if, that has been nixed. That, that has been is nixed. not true. The 23rd Excellent. is a faulty date. That is not true. Not happening. Great. They're keeping I mean, even it the, going. They know. It's a phenomenon. I personally would rather wait 
then see it next week on PVOD because I want this movie to keep making money at the box office. Mm-hmm. We need this. And it's a Sony to Netflix situation. Those movies usually don't go to Netflix for a decent amount. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like uh, Universal Films end up on Peacock in three weeks. Renfield is on was on Peacock two or three weeks after it came out. That's not going to happen here. And I'm happy to wait. So you said, so yeah. to answer your question, I probably will not see this for a while. So is there something you feel you need to tell me? Well, there's just something that's very something about Mary about this movie. Okay. That when we saw it, me and the person I was with, yes, we were laughing because we were talking about the comparison between these two movies. Now, it's not a raunch thing. Is it a it, dog thing? Is it a dog no, thing? It's okay. a, it's an end credits thing, which I totally am giving it away there. Oh, but, great. But okay. Yeah. Different but song, I, right? Different song. But, different but song. Okay. I, I, it's like the comparison. It's it's so, it, it was so on the nose. And, I, you know, Will Glick, obviously. Uh, Will Gluck, I'm sorry. Will Gluck, yeah. Will Gluck, not Jiminy Glick. Right. different uh, but, people uh, yeah different people but yeah i was like he knows he knows like yes like by doing that he almost ensured a sort of something about mary uh at least looking at it in a similar light okay yeah I, and i feel like that was a thing that some other movies did do in the years after there's something about Mary. I mean, let's just, uh-huh. let's just, you know, give it away. It's a post movie old song sing along. Is that, is that yeah. what you're talking yes. about? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, what was that movie that Cameron Diaz did with sweetest uh, the thing. sweetest thing? I'm almost positive. The sweetest thing also ended with a, old yes. 60s song that the cast sang along to and showed outtakes. I, I feel like that was a trend. Hey, good on anyone but you to bring that back. People, But have it's not a 60s of- song. It's not a 60s song. Oh, well, because now they, it would be like a song from the 2000s would be, you know, yep. an old timey song now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very, very well. I mean, now... I'm motivated again. Maybe I do see this in the movie theater by myself. Maybe I do it. I think you gotta see it. I think you gotta see it. I gotta see it for this song. I guess that's the big you gotta see it situation is what Mm -hmm. is the song at the end of Anyone But You that they all dance to. Okay, now I'm back in. Now I gotta see this in theaters. When it started happening, I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, Pat's gotta see this movie. Gotta see this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Very excited. Last thing on Anyone But You. Now that you've seen it, and it seems like this is you're gonna say yes, it's Sydney Sweeney, right? Is is the reason why this is the hit more so than Glenn Powell? Uh, uh, This is her movie. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think Glenn Powell does a great job. I really like Glenn Powell. I think he's like the he, he is like the perfect guy for this part, although, uh. Not a critic, huh? I do uh, think I do think the character is is sort of like inconsistent, but I think he makes it work because he has that skill. Uh, I, but I do think she's the star here. She's wow. the reason to see this movie. Uh, this is this is going to be you know, this is going to be a movie people go to see to look at her on the big screen. Great. Well, you know, we talked about it last episode on our weekend preview. Another film we saw recently was we went to see. Jason Statham in The Beekeeper on on opening Thursday night. We both love that film. Go back to the last episode to get our full boots on the ground review. We we both thought that this was a better than usual Jason Statham solo star. Obviously, he's in the cast of the Fast and Furious movies, and he's in Spy, and he's in The Meg, which is sort of he's the star, but also... It's a big special effects movie. This is more akin to his transporters, his cranks, his solo action movies. Mm-hmm. And we both like the beekeeper much more than we usually like those movies. And I would say this one did perform on a, the very high end of those Jason Statham solo action movies. Would you say that this opening weekend was the best case scenario for the beekeeper? Oh, 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 absolutely. I mean, this thing almost made it to 20 in the in, in the, the four, day. four day. And that's yeah. big. Yeah. 16.8 in the usual weekend, 19.2 when you throw in 
the Monday holiday. I mean, because he's the $10 million man, you know, the Wrath of Man opened around eight, Transporter movies opened around nine or 10. Like, that's his place, you know. Well, Transporter 2 was his biggest before this. Let me see, because Transporter was 16.5. Okay, okay. and And this ended up being... 16.5. 16.5. So it's it's almost a tie. It's 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 a okay. near tie. Okay. Uh, it looks like the beekeeper has the edge here. So that was all the way back in 2006. So well, we're talking he, a guy who has staying power and is getting stronger. Yeah. He, okay. That I'm glad you you touched on that because when I saw the date of Transporter Two and that movie came out, I have it listed 2005. Maybe that was a festival premiere. But you're going on. 18 years of Statham, you know, probably earlier, his his Transporter 1 and Crank, those probably came out a few years earlier. When you compare him to our 80s action stars, and not counting Stallone, because he's a a real actor, he's a screenwriter, not counting like a Bruce Willis, who's a real actor. Oh, I was wrong. 2005. I'm sorry. I was looking at the video. 2005. Talking 2005. So you're right. You're right. 2005. So you compare the Statham box office run to, you know, Schwarzenegger. Obviously, Schwarzenegger hit high. Statham has never hit, never will hit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your Seagals and your Van Dams and your sort of 80s and 90s action stars, Statham maybe never hit as high on his own as those guys, though he hit higher when he's in the Meg, when he's in Fast and Furious. But he has better staying power than maybe any other action star of our generation. I agree. I mean, I think when you look at somebody like Seagal, his run was very short. Van Damme's run was was also very short. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we can't talk Stallone, Schwarzenegger. They're in a different echelon. Different echelon. But a Chuck yeah. Norris, you know, I guess Chuck Norris – you know his his run was lengthened because he was on a TV show, but that we're not talking TV, we're not talking streamo, we're not talking no. CBS on a Saturday night, we're talking movies. No. Chuck Norris has not had the box office run of Statham. I mean, by the nineties, he's he's doing sidekicks. He's a joke. Yeah, he's and, a joke. And so, and Statham has. You can do been... all the all you all the this Chuck Norris memes, you know. Bees don't sting Chuck Norris. He stings them. I don't know. Whatever those memes are. Guess yeah. what? Take all those Chuck Norris memes, shove them up your butt because the guy was a box office joke very quickly. I mean, Statham's been making hit movies since before Chuck Norris memes were a thing, yes. right? I mean, yep. Chuck Norris memes uh, came and went, and this guy's still bringing uh, the butts to the seats because and, and, and Statham will be making box office hits when Chuck Norris is in a pine box. And I know you may love those Chuck Norris memes, but someday Chuck Norris will be in a pine box and he's not going to kick his way out of it. Mm-hmm. So the thing with Statham too, is that a lot of his career now, not the early part of it, cause you're the crank and the transporter. He's been competing with superhero movies, right? Yes. The action movie has taken a hit because the superhero movies took up all of that sort of juice mm-hmm. where instead of the one man who trained and earned the ability to kick ass was being replaced by teenagers getting bit by spiders yep. and rich fascists creating armor for themselves yep. and gods coming down to kick some innocuous whatever you know know, purple blob uh, purple blobs ass in you know uh, that sort of thing you know the action star the fact that jason statham continued to thrive you know he had his like you said the meg it was more about the shark but also he is a value add you know you put like uh, well, he's the put, star of those movies. He's the star yeah. of the Meg movies. Yeah. yeah. So you put anybody else in there, and that those movies aren't going to make as much money, right? Um, he 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 got in the Fast and Furious, which was great. That's awesome. I mean, he started yep. out as a villain, and people loved him so much that now he just goes to the barbecues, even though he yep. tried to kill so many people that they know. Um, but he is able to survive the superhero boom, and now he is going to be even bigger because yeah. people are really looking for that sort of action hero again. Yes. Right. They're looking Grounded. Expendables four doesn't count. Uh, he did that movie because he's a loyal guy 
Right. He wanted to do goodbye Sly, maybe contractual. I don't know. But that is not going to ding him because that's not his franchise. He was just right. part of that. I think going forward, if he does more movies like The Beekeeper, there's no – I mean he could have a $30 million opener. Uh, just as a solo guy. I mean, yes. it's possible with the right vehicle because people want this now. They don't want superheroes anymore. They want this. They want beekeepers. Right. Okay. And, they and don't the want thing- Ant-Man. They want beekeepers. Yes. And they don't want, they don't want bee man. They don't no. want a man who got bit by a bee and now he's got all the powers of a bee. They want a beekeeper who has a job. And his job mm-hmm. is to keep bees, not to be bit by bees and have magic in his veins. That's not what people want at the box office right now. They want real stars. And the a movie like The Beekeeper doesn't, you know, Statham doesn't need to have a movie, a solo action that opens at 30 or 40 million. You know, that that's not maybe what the box office needs to be healthy in this new phase. It needs to have more beekeepers throughout the course of the year that could open to 18 million, 20 million, low 20 millions and still be successful. Obviously we need to have more of those on the schedule. This 2024 schedule is too sparse because of the, the, the work stoppages, the production stoppages last year, but that's what we need. We can't rely on B man has to come out and make $200 million opening weekend. No, let's have beekeepers that could open at $20 million every other weekend. And, and I feel like this, with the Statham sort of resurgence, I mean, he never went away, but, you know, uh, the the increased sort of popularity of these non-franchise action movies. I mean, Jerry Butler had Plane right. last year. I think he needs his sort of David Ayers-directed actioneer where he can get into this echelon because he's he's also been staying fast. He's also been a guy who's still sort of there. Right. And I think there's, uh, you know, with the Fallen movies, those mm-hmm. have done well. I think that he can be a Statham too, where he can have another movie that is maybe not his personal best, but he can continue to have like $20 million movies, sort of like The Beekeeper, because there is... Uh, a hunger for it. He right. is a guy who survived the superhero plague and he will come out stronger as well. Yes. I mean, Den and of in- Thieves 2. Den of Thieves 2 comes out next year. Our asses are there Thursday 100%. Night. And that's the type of movie, a Den of Thieves 2, that would get so much, you know, and listen, there's always a danger. Is it snakes on a plane? Is it just sort of internet buzz that doesn't translate to tickets? But I do think a Den of Thieves 2 would feel like an event if they're able to get, hey, get a Statham in there as the villain, as the cop who's chasing the thieves. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you need, something like that. But yet, Jerry Butler needs his beekeeper now. Yeah. You know, is he a wrangles badgers? And then he he fights bad guys, something like that. But that is what people want. They want to see action stars with real jobs and real hobbies, like keeping bees, like wrangling badgers. They don't want to see. Yep. Yeah. But they don't want them getting bit by radioactive animals and having the powers of the animals. That that is not what people want anymore. No, they don't want Captain America, who's a junkie. He's a junkie. He took drugs, everybody. Right. Wake up, America. Right. Your 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 captain is a drug addict, okay? Right. We can't have that. Right. We need a beekeeper, not a right. drug addict. That's what we need. So the beekeeper, um, I'm trying to see if there's any demos on this movie for the weekend. Obviously, I'm going to guess it was heavily, heavily male. Have you seen any demos for this? I'm going to bet, and I'm looking for it now, that the demos on this were probably pretty diverse. I feel so like Pat, a, a, can I give you the demos or do you want to oh, guess? Uh, no, I, I want you. Oh, well, let me guess. I don't have them open in front of me. I'm going to guess that it was less than 50% Caucasian right around that. I don't think I, I would bet that the, the, uh, a lot of the other diversity demos over index for this movie. That's my guess. So you tell us what are the demos for the beekeeper? 
Okay, so you want that? So you want the that demo, those demos first, and then we'll give male to female. Okay, sure. Forty-four percent Caucasian, twenty-two percent Latino and Hispanic, seventeen percent Black, eleven percent Asian. Great. So right? so pretty diverse. Yeah. Yeah, pretty diverse. Yeah. Sixty-two percent male. Forty-two percent between eighteen and thirty-four. That prime demo. That's, that's great. Largest demo, 25 to 34, uh, and that was at 26%, right? So uh, all the IMAX screens, which was great, and it delivered 40% of the weekend sales. So putting this movie in IMAX really helped it. And we saw yeah. it in IMAX, and it was spectacular. It was spectacular, yeah. yeah. So so this is, this is, again, I mean, just a great uh, sign for Statham that he's only getting stronger and yeah the the movie climate as superhero movies decline people are going to want more real actioners so it's an open for the Stathams and the Jerry Butlers you know it could be an opening for some of the younger stars who maybe haven't been tainted by superheroes so much i mm-hmm. mean a Glenn Powell you know he's yeah. got the rom-com he's got Twisters 2 coming out in the spring you know, get Glenn Powell in a roadhouse type action movie where he's just punching someone in the face. You what know, about that, Stephen Young? On a motorcycle. What about yeah. Stephen Young in in a in yeah. a Die Hard type of situation? Yes, yes, yeah. And, and for the these stars who haven't been tainted by superhero, you know, Statham never did a Marvel movie. Am I missing a Marvel movie where Statham played the green? You know banana monster or anything like that he's he's never did it right fast and furious was kind of his jumping into the franchises so he stayed clean mm-hmm. um, and, yeah and someone like a glenn powell you know or steven yun they've got that they've got that opening now too so good weekend for action but action was not number one beekeeper was not number one this weekend clayton what can you remind us again what was number one at the box office this weekend? Mean Girls. So Mean Girls did twenty eight for the three day, thirty is it thirty three that it's thirty two, thirty two for the four day. So okay, listen, we went high on this last weekend. We both said yeah. forty plus for the four day, but this is for this movie for this for Paramount. This is a great opening weekend because reportedly the budget on this movie is thirty six million, and it was originally made to go to Paramount Plus. Well, that's the big thing. And oh, sorry, just uh, so yes, the the latest Monday numbers thirty three point two, so thirty three higher up to right. yeah, uh, yes. I mean that is uh, that is key, Pat. This was a movie that could have gotten dumped. Yep. And instead, you got $33 million in box office just right now. And I think the budget on this was close to that. Yeah. So, yeah, I've read it as 30, about $35 million for the budget. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I do think that this is a win in this mm-hmm. for this uh, weekend, definitely. Uh, although it feels like it's not as popular with audiences as we assumed it would be. Yeah. I mean, so there has been some, uh, there was a lot of talk this weekend about were audiences put off by the fact that this was a musical, you know, there was some, this old conversation. uh, Well, there were some viral videos. The, the veracity uh, uh, of them, you know, is debated or, or the truthfulness of them is being debated. Um, some viral videos of audience members reacting to discovering that the film was a musical. So people filming themselves, watching the movie, then the music starts and they're these like young people are shocked and not into the music. So there's some videos of that going around. Now, of course, are these put-ons? I mean, do you, do you think that these seem staged? Clout chasing. Are the, is this cloud chasing? Yes. Yes. Are you Here's are you thing. willing to to put out the allegation of cloud chasing, Clay? I will absolutely put out the allegation of cloud chasing because that's what it is. Because here's the thing. 
Okay. We live in a world of information overload. I know so many things I don't want to know. You know how many things I don't want to know? There's so many things I don't want to know. I want to know very little, Pat. I want to know about the box office. I want to know when my next paycheck's coming in. I want to know if the canary in the mine that I work in is alive or dead. Those Mm. are the things I want to know, okay? How to get stood out of a crevice. That's what you want to know. Yes. Uh, Multiple crevices. Here's the thing. There is no way in God's green earth that these people do not know this was a musical. The cursory search for this movie will tell you it is a musical based on the movie, based on the Broadway show. All right. If you cannot put those words together into a cohesive thought to put in your brain and understand it, then you are a true moron. And I don't believe that these people are true morons. I think they're clout chasers, which is worse than being a moron. Okay. Because morons can't help it. These people can. They can help it. They don't have to be this way. They can have authentic reactions to things. They can use the knowledge that they have and not pretend that they're stupid, but they are. Okay. These people are cloud chasers and it's disgusting. Wow. So there was some polling on this. The the studio, Paramount, did some polling, some exit polls, and they found that 75% of audiences were aware that the film was a musical going into it. So that means that according to their polling, 25% of the audience went to this movie not knowing that this would be a musical. That does feel high to me. To to 25% of an audience saying that they did not realize the movie was the genre that it was. You know, like I I obviously I'm someone who doesn't want to know as much as I can about a movie. You don't want to know plot twists and all that. But usually an audience goes into a movie knowing the genre of the movie. So did that feels high. Think- that it was high. just a straight remake of the movie. Was that the thought? Because like, was there more pooling? Did they ask other questions? Like, did you wipe your ass today? Because did those same 25 be like, you have to wipe your ass? Right? I don't know who they're dealing with here. Right, okay. Right. But the thing is, this is obviously based on the Broadway play. Or maybe I'm too invested in it. Maybe I know too much. I don't like I know said. if it's that obvious. I don't know if it's that obvious. They don't. They're very cheeky about it in the promotion. You know, they're, they're saying the it's trailer. Mean Girls with a new twist. Tina Fey with a new twist. There's a little musical note buried in like the E of Mean Girls. But it's but Pat, it's cheeky. It's cheeky, Clay. In the trailer. When they show scenes, even though they're using a, a, a Olivia Rodrigo song, right? Right. When there are scenes where they are in the hallway dancing and their mouths are moving, do people not understand that that is a musical number? Do they think that it's a dream sequence? That it's Maybe. some sort of weird uh, sort of um, – Twin Peaks, David Lynchian nightmares that this main character is having where the they're talking backwards and it's dark light and, and somebody's stroking a log. Is that what they thought? Did they think this was a Lynchian nightmare and not a musical? I'm having a hard time here, Pat. I, they may have. If maybe that exit polling, were, what were you expecting that this movie would be a musical, or that there would be a little person talking backwards? And maybe that the the latter would have been what more people were expecting. I don't know. I mean, people didn't go to that 2021 batch of musicals: West Side Story, In the Heights, Your Beloved, Dear Evan Hansen, which brought you to tears. You were a soggy mm-hmm. mess after that movie. Yep, three musicals that did very little at the box office. So there is a good chance that especially the young movie going audience does not recognize those telltale signs of a musical in a trailer. When they Put see a, a, a dance break out in a hallway and people's mouths moving in a way that's not dialogue, they just might not know that that's a musical because they didn't see dear Evan Hansen like you did. Now here's the thing. Wonka is a musical. Yes. And that 
if you have a case for a movie not saying that it's a musical and not showing that it's a musical, that is the case. If you told me that 25% of the people who went to see Wonka didn't realize it was going to be a musical, I would understand that. I would get that, okay? But for me, this this trailer was so obviously showing people singing and dancing in unison multiple times in different places that I assumed that people would get that this is a musical. See, I disagree. Here's why. Because there's been two Wonka movies. The Gene Wilder one was had musical numbers in it, had songs. songs. The, the Johnny Depp one, I think, had songs, but at least his his oh. characterization of, of Wonka was based on Michael Jackson. So there's a big yeah. musical element in that movie. Mean Girls was a movie, and Mean Girls was a movie that had no musical aspects to it. So I do understand the 25% of people who went to this Mean Girls remake. The first Mean Girls wasn't a musical. Why would I expect this one to be a musical because it was based on the Broadway play of mean girls. It wasn't based. It's it's that you it, talking as a coastal lead and me and you were both coastal leads. We get theater tickets all the time. We're always getting asked to sit in the front rows of shows to give it a, a little extra oomph, you know, let the performers see our faces, but that's us. We're coastal leads. We're New Yorkers greatest city in the world. You're living out in the stacks. You're plain Billy. You're an earth dog. You, you you you're not in that world. You're not in so that then, world. You don't know about the Mean Girls Broadway musical. So then, here's what it comes down to. Okay, mm-hmm. they didn't like the songs then because that is the problem. It's not that it's a musical. Is that they didn't like the songs because if they liked the songs, they would have been carried away by it and not cared that it was a musical. They would have been into it. Do you think they had that bad of a reaction? That as soon as a song a number started, a musical number started, they were so discombobulated that they could not get back into it and enjoy it if it was a spectacular song. I think the real problem here, if there is a problem, and we'll see on the oncoming weeks if it is a problem, is the songbook any good? Are these songs good? Because if the songs are bad, then that's a problem. And I think if I went somewhere and I didn't know this thing was a musical and I forgot to wipe my ass that day mm-hmm. and the songs were great, I would be like, you know what? Didn't know that this was going to happen, but I'm into it. Right, right, right. That's yeah. the problem then. It's the songs then. Well, so the same polling, the same studio polling, uh, 75% of the audiences were aware the film was a musical and only 16% were left disappointed Uh by the fact that it was a musical. So, okay. So, you know, that's a small percentage of people who didn't know it was a musical and then were disappointed by the fact it was a musical. So, that's a good sign. People seem to be liking this, but they're not liking it to the degree of the 2004 original. No. I, 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 don't, I think Cinema that's Cinema score B. Wow. Okay. Which might as well be an F. That's an F. I mean, an F is actually an interesting movie. A B is really bad um, because the original had an A minus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 70% recommend three stars for post track. Uh, I mean, let's just get into demos here. Uh, Packs of women saw this film. 32% under 25 attended with two to four friends. So this was a group activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, 28 were over 28 percent were over the age of 25 75 percent 77 percent of the crowd was between 18 and 34 with 18 to 24 year olds representing 40 percent mm-hmm. so demographics 52 percent caucasian 26 percent uh latino hispanic 11 percent black and eight percent asian okay yeah i i don't think this is gonna have quite this well I mean, we'll get into it on the weekend preview. The thing that this Mean Girls has going for it is just such a light box office release schedule for the next yeah. four weeks. Like, it's the big movie for a while. So mm-hmm. it's default what people are going to have to go to. It doesn't seem as like, like we talked about on the weekend preview, Lindsay Lohan is not the star of this movie. There's not a big movie star or young 
you know, burgeoning big movie star at the level of no. Lohan in this. Tina Fey, um, you know, in 2004, she's probably has her finger on the, on the, uh, you know, uh, She's she's probably closer to knowing what young people sound like in 2004 than she does now. Finger on the pulse. That's what I was reaching for. She probably had her finger on the pulse of young people more then than she does now. I don't know if there's a new fetch, for instance, that's going to come out of Mean Girls 2024. I haven't heard anything about something akin to fetch in this movie. Now, not to go back to our previous conversation, but I'm going right. to. So okay. there's no reason for me to say that that sentence I just said. If you had Sydney Sweeney here as the mean girl part, the oh. main mean girl part, because Sydney Sweeney is at that age right now in Hollywood where she could play anywhere from a high school freshman to a young woman who's lived on her own for like a 27, 28 year old, right? Like yes. that is the that is the swath of people she can play. Yeah. She could and either so- be in high school or she could be the love interest for Robert De Niro. Exactly. So that yeah. that's where you want to be right now. That's yeah. that's the sweet spot uh for Hollywood. If she was the mean girl here, we're we're, we're talking Buffa Boba. We're talking yeah, yeah. big big time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh so you didn't you didn't have that. Right. You know, you had the young lady that I think she was from the Broadway. Uh, she she actually did the Broadway show who played yeah. the mean girl in this. Yeah, and, who played Regina George. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just not enough juice. That's mm-hmm. just not enough juice right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. This opened bigger than the first one by by about three or four million in the three day weekend. Yeah. Thirty three million. So this is a it's a really good opening weekend. The audience response doesn't seem like this is going to be any kind of phenomenon, but hey, you know, that's what we said after the opening weekend, anyone but you didn't feel like that was going to turn into what it's turned into. So yeah. let's not underestimate but- the the power of, of women going to the movies this last year after Barbie, after Taylor Swift, after anyone but you, let's not underestimate what Mean Girls could do in the next month. But Pat, the post tracking on anyone but you was much higher. Yeah. People like that movie much better. We even looked at it and we were like surprised that people yeah. liked it as much as they did. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but you know what? Great job at a Paramount. You know, it's a troubled studio, could be sold for parts soon. But they did a good job promoting this movie. They did a good job getting awareness of this movie out there. They, you know, they've been promoting it since last year. You know, there was the big Black Friday Mean Girls promotion. They got the Lohan to come back for that one, right? They got Lohan. The only one who didn't come back was Rachel McAdams. Um, I believe so. You know, so they have been building the awareness for this opening weekend, uh, you know, since the summer, kind of. So I, I think... There wasn't a big movie star at the center of this, but Paramount did a good job of making the Mean Girls brand feel like a big deal. Yeah. So now, 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 now Pat, if if yes. we would have sat down for the Beekeeper on what was that Thursday? Last Thursday, Thursday yeah. Last Thursday afternoon, and it was a musical. Mm. Then I would have been shocked. Mm-hmm. Then I could okay. see seventy five twenty five. Okay, I still think twenty five is way too high. I still think these people need cognitive tests to to just to just see what's wrong with their brains that they couldn't figure out this is a musical. Really, you yes. thought that? Yes. So you you think all the clues were there? They gave us all the clues. They gave us all the clues. Okay. Okay. If you it, listen, if you are a listener. And you right. went and saw this movie without knowing that it was a musical. I mean, that would be ridiculous because you're listening Not to a us, listener so you know. Show. Yeah, you know. If you have a friend that you talk to, ask your friends who went and saw this, Mean Girls, okay? Spread the web out. Ask the friends and say, did you know this was a musical before you went? And if they say no, ask them so many questions and email us. Yeah. Like really yeah. delve into how they get up in the morning. And function. Right. 
as a human right. being. Okay. Right. We need to right. know this. We need to know who these 25, these 25% people who are polled. Now they may have just bumped into the people who are polling. Like they may have been like, is there a bathroom here? They might've had like their underwear over their head or something. And that's why they were asked because they were just wandering around the theater, um, uh, not knowing where to go. And that's yeah, probably yeah. why the pollster stopped them and was like, Hey, can I ask you a question? Right. You know, and right. they're like, are you my dad? Are you my mommy? And this is like a 40 year old man. Yeah. Can uh, you clean me? Can you clean me? Yeah. Th- that might have skewed the polling because they were just random people just not knowing where they were. Right. Right. That's it is very possible. It is very possible. Yeah. Email us the BO boys podcast at gmail.com. If you know anyone who saw Mean Girls this weekend and did not know it would be a musical when they went, we want a full psychological study of them, IQ test, whatever information you could pass along to us, let us know. So, Clayton, I want to throw a piece of news at you uh, that you you were not ready for this. You did not, you you know, I did not prep you that this was happening. You did not uh, see this article when it broke yesterday, your beloved scream franchise, probably your favorite. It, it is in disarray. Uh, scream seven is they lost their director. They lost their stars, including Jenny Ortega. The, the entire cast is gone, gone entire cast. But those last two scream movies were big hits. The last yeah. one was the biggest domestic earner since the first scream. Made over a hundred million dollars. I, I think it beat the first scream, didn't it? Did it? Be, did it, it? You may be right that that scream six, six scream, was the biggest scream of the franchise domestically, and yet they're in total disarray. Well, on the red carpet for an event the other day, Nev Campbell got asked if she would, and it was at the BAFTA Tea event in Los Angeles. So okay. Nev Campbell was at a tea event. And they asked her, uh, would she ever be in a Scream movie again? And this is what she said. It's sad to me that they're struggling at the moment. I would imagine that the people at the top are spinning a little bit, trying to make the right decision. I think I would imagine people want to do the right thing. I would hope. I love this franchise. I love it for Wes. I love it for all the people who've been uh, involved, even the newer cast. I would hope it doesn't fall apart. Uh, and then, okay, now here it is. Asked if she would rejoin the franchise. Nev Campbell said, given the right circumstances, yes. I made a statement several years ago, and it was the reason I didn't do the film at that time, and I just really felt the need to stand up and say, I don't believe I would have been treated that way had I been a man carrying a franchise for 25 years, and that still stands. So if they were to choose to come back to me, that would continue to be my takeaway. We'll see. All right, Clayton, I ask you. Mm-hmm. She left the door open. Yeah. What would get Nev Campbell to come back and do another Scream movie based on that statement? Um. Okay. So I don't know Nev Campbell personally. Right. So yeah. I don't know. And I'm not going to get into any sort of, listen, I'm not stepping in anything. Okay. No, no, no. We're not, and I right. don't think we have to step and in we anything don't have to part this. Yeah. I think that big money yep and and i and i do think it would have to be sort of a changing of hands as to who is taking who is producing it right okay well, you I, think I, so. I, I i don't think she i don't think she would work with spyglass oh wow okay here's I, what I i'll just, say I, I think it's just money i think she i you think, don't think that matters at all no, I think her statement is just uh, is pay just, me. Is just pay me. Yeah, is fuck you yeah. pay me. Is fuck you pay me. That okay. is Nev. I think if the price is right, Nev Campbell would come back and be the star of Scream Seven. I think that is basically what her statement says: is she didn't get a fair enough offer to be in the last movie. If it was a man carrying a franchise for twenty five years, which is very true, which yeah. that's what she did. I mean, I they agree with that. They wouldn't get lowballed. No. So she just wants the money. Now, that said, do you think this happens? Do you think that the people who own the rights to Scream, I guess Spyglass and Paramount, 
do they want a scream sequel so much that they're going to just give an Evan Campbell, whatever that amount is, is it 10 million? I'm not sure what that is, but is it worth it to just make this movie? No, I, I mean, I think they might be arrogant enough to believe that that's enough to get people to watch. But I think the fact that they don't have Jenny Ortega, that is the bit because they did something amazing, which is successfully hand this franchise off to a younger group of actors. Right. Almost unheard of. Yeah. Indiana Let, Jones couldn't do it. Nope. Star Wars can't do it. No one could do Tom that. Tom Cruise wouldn't allow it in Mission Tom Impossible. Cruise. Right. Um, they didn't even do it try with, with Maverick. You they know, couldn't Glenn do Powell it with wasn't Bourne, there to- with Bourne. They couldn't do it yep. with Bourne, right? Yeah. So, so the fact that they struck gold with Jenny Ortega, and then it all fell apart. I think maybe they're arrogant enough to believe, and we don't need to pay Nev ten million dollars. We can find the next Jenny Ortega, and and pay Oof. her jack shit. Oh. I mean, that's the thought. I mean, listen, because Nev is the ultimate final girl. Right, you can't ever kill Sydney. You can't ever mm-hmm. kill her because she represents un- the the unkillable spirit. Right, the person who can persevere through anything. She's an inspiring right. character. She is the best final girl there's ever been. Okay, right. she is every person's hope for their own immortality. Yes, is that so many people want to kill you, yet you always survive, and you get to kill a few people here and there. All right, yeah, well, that's a that's a life well lived. I think that they are not going to pony en- uh, up enough money because after this one, they were like, well, we didn't need her. This was the biggest one ever made more than the first one. Let's just find somebody new. But again, mm-hmm. they're going to have to find, I mean, they found Nev and then they found Jenny Ortega at third time is impossible to be a charm. Who are they going to find? Uh, it's right. going to be impossible. And, and, and I think the, you know, finding Jenny Ortega was, of course, the key. Or I don't know did, if they found her or she was or what has what, what was Jenny Ortega's fame level before that scream? Movie? No, I mean, not not, not big, not big. Okay. Everybody came out of that being like, who is this? Like, who is this? Okay. she's really good. So they were in that position, though, to mint a new star because they did have Nev Campbell and Arquette and Courtney Cox in yeah. Five Cream. Yeah. You know, so if they go into Scream 7 uh-huh. with none of the Jenny Ortega cast, you yeah. know, the new younger people that everyone loved, they're not in it. And there's no legacy stars to hand it off to. That's direct to video level. That's Scream TV series on MTV level. You I gotta mean, the, have you the, either gotta have Jenny Ortega and that new cast of stars, or you gotta pony up and bring back Neff Campbell. You can't just do Scream Seven and nobody's in it. I mean Courtney Cox. It would be Courtney Cox, but n- nobody's going to see a that scream movie with Jess Gale. Yeah, that doesn't matter. No. Yeah. That's more of like a scream companion podcast hosted mm, yeah, by yeah, Gale yeah. Yeah. Her and Jamie movie. Kennedy would be doing a Let's talk about Scream. Yeah. You know, sort of. No, or you have Gail Weathers, or you have Gail Weathers in character talk Uh, about the case, you know, something like that. Oh, okay. But but either way. You know, I'd listen to that. Of course you would listen. Yeah. But you wouldn't go pay to watch it in a movie. Well, you would. I would. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about me. We're talking about the general public, the young people who found this franchise. Because they had people their age in this movie. So so here's my prediction. I think this is gonna happen. With and Nev. I think with Nev. I think they're gonna they're gonna pay they're Nev her number. Pay Nev. No, they're not I gonna think pay they're her gonna her pay number. Nev her number. And I think because otherwise there's no path to a seventh scream movie without her. In a way that would mean anything. Again, you can make a direct to video level movie you know you can make a, a a really cheapo screen movie that does by far the lowest box office of the series they won't you do could that. do that you could do that but i think if you don't pay nev that is what the seventh screen movie would be it would be guaranteed 
to be the lowest grocer of the franchise. And then you start damaging the franchise. That is, that is, I think, an important I think they thing pay to think about is it might be worth it to take a break here, not to damage the franchise, because I know it was on a hot streak, but that hot streak seems to have cooled down considerably because there are a lot of people who are not so hype on the Scream movies right now. Okay. Right. So if you do take a little time, a little breather, come back with something else, I think people will go see it. I think if you rush a seven with Nev and nobody else, maybe Courtney Cox. I mean, I don't know. Here's my here's my prediction. It's going to happen, and we're going to have the announcement within the next three months that there is a Scream movie going into production with Nev Campbell as the star that will come out in 2025. That is my prediction right here today. It's going to wow, happen. Wow, 2025 yeah. with Nev. Yeah. Do they get Lillard? Yes. I think I think that's 100% the that's move. That's the path then. That's the path. Because that's then, the path. Now I'm hard. Yeah. Is you Not bring to be back- crass. I'm sorry. Not to be crass. That was very crass, but I'm hard now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you if, as long as you say not to be crass, then you could say that you're hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think really that's- really hard for that. Yeah, I think that's the, the that's what happens. Nev Campbell gets her money, Lillard gets his money, which is a lot less than what Nev's going to get. Skeet Ulrich, even though his the character of his daughter wouldn't be in it because that actress is not part of the franchise anymore, I think the Skeet Ulrich ghost is was a, a hit, and I think they'll bring back the Skeet Ulrich ghost in Scream Seven. Well, why can't the ghost be in in uh, in Stu's head? Oh, that's a, it'll be in Stu's head, and and you could re, you could have Sydney admit, oh yeah, I've been seeing visions of him this whole time. Yeah, too. we all do. We all we all do. Yeah. yeah, and this time he's helping her, whatever, whatever, because he's the one who knows Stu better than anyone. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you will get that announcement very soon. That so Nev then Campbell Nev has like heaven. has uh, repentant. Uh, 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 ghost, you know, uh, Skeet Allwood's ghost in her head. Yes. And, and Stu has evil, uh, uh, Skeet Allwood's ghost in his head. Right. Right. Or you just never know is the ghost playing them against each other? Is he lying to one of them and not to the other? Yeah. I think that's all a part of I'm, it. I'm fully in on this. Yeah. Yeah. You're fully hard. It's mm-hmm. going to be. I think the only way to keep this franchise going. So, okay. 2025, you're saying, and the announcement is going to be coming in the next three months. Yes. That we'll is see. my prediction. Let's That's my prediction. Th- this um, is on air. This is uh, on, on air the, over the radio waves. You've said this prediction. So let's hold Wanna, Pat to these predictions. Want to be senior intern, Christopher. Here's what I'll say. Clip it, clip it, clip it, clip it. All and right. he knows what that means. He knows what that means. It's Before, pretty obvious what it means. But he knows. Even if, yeah, he knows. Okay. Um, you should know. I if want, he doesn't know, he's one of those 25% that didn't know that Mean Girls was a musical. Oh, he can't be in that 25%. No, of course not. Um, all right. I just want to, before we go, I just want to read a couple of emails, Clayton. B.O. Boy, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. Can I read you this email from... Want to be old boy, Max? Sure. So subject, thank you for your service. And it reads, hello, B.O. boys. My name is Max. I want to write in and thank you for saving my holidays. Uh, To explain, I was away from my family for the majority of Christmas Day. I was traveling for work from three in the afternoon until two in the morning. Clayton, you may have a fellow soot miner here. In Max. Yep. Uh, he continues, it was challenging and I made the best of it, but the one consistent element through the connecting flights and the long drives was listening to the back catalogs of the B.O. Boys. I was already caught up with current episodes, so I instead focused on the lovely appearances from Kirk, Minahan, Scott Mendelson, breaking down the Barbenheimer phenomenon. I've been listening since October, and I want to thank you for helping me enjoy my travels on Christmas Day. You boys are doing the Lord's work. I appreciate your coverage and commentary. Cheers. Warms Thank the heart. You, Max. Yeah. Warms the heart. Yeah. 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 Got him through his Christmas travels. 
away from his family. Yeah. But he got to spend that time with, I would say, a ba- listen, I don't know Max's family. I'm sure they're great. He sounds like a great guy, so I'm sure yeah. he's got a great family. But I can't imagine his family is better than Kirk Minahan, Scott Mendelson, Us. the B.O. boys. Yeah. 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 I mean, could his family, any one of his family members, do two hours of radio a week? Two hours plus radio a week. Probably Uh, not. Yeah. Probably not. I don't think so. And then when you add in a Kirk Minahan who's doing two, three hours a day, day. four times a week, five times a week, firing producers over there, hiring new producers. I mean, I I don't think – I mean, and, Uncle, and again, uh, yeah, Uncle Chuck can't compete with that. Sorry, sorry, Uncle Chuck. No. Uncle Chuck yeah. ain't competing with that. No, no. So, so uh, you're welcome, Max. You're welcome, and glad that we could get you through the holiday and provide you with a better family to spend time with. Um, and let's see, we got an email from wannabe oh boy Waxy. Waxy. Waxy's back. Uh, so he has a, an email about anyone but you. He says, afternoon, fellas, much like Clayton, I needed to get to the theater to experience the something like Mary-esque run this film is on. Film is third weekend. The theater was very much filled. Felt more like an opening weekend than a third weekend. Uh, and then Waxy says, I think a lot of people underestimated the popularity of Euphoria and Sydney Sweeney. The crowd was predominantly younger couples we're all there to see her. One of the other movies that seems to be dominating uh, Twitter X is Saltburn. Saltburn stars Jacob Elordi, Sydney Sweeney's boyfriend in Euphoria. If I'm remembering correctly, Priscilla also opened stronger than what people are thinking. Let's remember that when we are projecting Dune 2's opening weekend, Euphoria has power. Love you guys from Wannabe Oh Boy, Waxy. Love you too, Axie. Uh, yes, Euphoria has power, and we've already said Dune 2 is going to be huge. Huge, huge. Now, Euphoria is a show neither of us have watched. Nope. We're not really clips, supposed though. to watch. You've seen clips. That That is about as much as I think we are socially allowed to watch of Euphoria. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it is good that, you know, younger uh, uh, box office followers like Waxy, I'm sure like Austin, of course, Christopher, Jack, they're keeping us abreast about the Euphoria uh, star, you know, the Euphoria cast. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Sweeney's the big one. Well, I mean, Zendaya. No, Zendaya is the big one. Zendaya is the big one. Yeah. Zendaya, I mean, yeah. That's yeah. what made her. Yeah. 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 A lord, he's got a ways to go before he catches up to yeah, yeah, either yeah, of them. Yeah. It'll never catch up to Zendaya. Let's no, let's be no, honest. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, thank you, Waxy. Um, Euphoria has power. So Clayton, I think we've done it. I mean, email us to Bo Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Give us five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Watch us on YouTube. We are YouTubers. Want to be our senior intern, Christopher? Killing it with the clips on YouTube, on Twitter X, on TikTok. And of course, Wannabeo Junior intern Jack brought the Substack back. He's writing articles two, three times a week. Just put up his thoughts about the Mean Girls opening weekend, of course, and writes uh, uh, just previews, reviews, and of course, he writes very special articles. Again, if you haven't seen his uh, profile on the film Heat, he rewatched a classic. Talked about that. That is a big article on the B.O. Boys Substack. So go there and subscribe. And uh, yeah, I think that's it, Clayton. Well, Pat, before can I just circle back to reviews really quick? Sure. Five star reviews. I just want to show how easy it is. This is all we need from you. Okay. Mm -hmm. We've got a review here. Five star, of course. Steve G01 wrote, good. A good podcast for people, period. That wow. is how simple it is. Wow. That is all you need to write. You don't have to be Shakespeare. I would actually say this is better than Shakespeare because it's to the point, no flowery language. Mm-hmm. It tells you everything you need to know. 
Yep. These are the sort of reviews you can leave. You don't have to be a great writer. You don't have to be a man or a woman or a person, person. of many words. Right. You can write a good podcast for people just like Steve G01 did. Wow. Simple Thank as that. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Thank you, Steve G01. Great review. Um, all right. On that note, I think we've done it, Clayton. Uh, there's nothing left to say. No, nothing. Except for until next time. Will, Will Smith. Smith.